Hi, this is Christine B. And welcome to Christine B.'s World of the Paranormal. Today, we're going to be talking about becoming a paranormal investigator. I'm going to be reviewing some of the things that anyone who is considering becoming a paranormal investigator should be thinking about and what they need to know uh, before they become a paranormal investigator. One of the things that um, I want to say right off the bat is that if you're afraid of the paranormal, do not even consider investigating it. Um, you want to, when you're investigating the paranormal, you want to be investigating it with an open mind and you don't want to be afraid of what you're investigating. And the one thing to um, alleviate your fear is to learn as much as you can about the paranormal before you start investigating. And that means read, read, read. Read everything you can get your hands on about the paranormal before you even begin to think about investigating it. Um, one of the things that I did when I was, um, before I started truly investigating it, um, I was investigating it when I was a kid, but I mean, when I, when I sincerely started investigating it, is I, I read everything I could get my hands on, and I actually read over 200 books on different aspects of the paranormal. And one of the things that um, really inspired me to start investigating it seriously was reading books by Hans Holzer, H-O-L-T-Z-E-R. And Hans Holzer was one of the original paranormal investigators. He's passed on now, but um, he has written several, several books on paranormal investigating, and he was one of the original um, forefathers of paranormal investigation. And I highly recommend that if you are considering becoming a paranormal investigator, you read every book you can get your hands on written by Hans Holzer. Uh, a lot of his books have um, photographs of uh, spirits, I, and um, they're very impressive. Uh, I highly recommend you get as many of his books as you can and read about what he has done in paranormal investigation. Uh, he's one of the better, um, one of the most inspirational books to read. But, and there are hundreds of books on the subject now. It's very popular. So there are other many other books that you can get your hands on that you can start reading. But before you even attempt to uh, investigate the paranormal, I suggest you read as many books as you can before you start. Um, and if you still have a fear of the paranormal, don't investigate it because you're never going to get what you're looking for in paranormal investigation if you fear it. Um, when you fear something, you send out a certain type of energy from your body and spirits can pick that up and then you're going to feed off of it. So you don't want to fear anything that you're investigating. 
And another suggestion that I want to make um, right now is that you should never, under any circumstances, investigate alone. And this is not basically uh, for a paranormal reason. This is because there's um, this is a safety reason. You want to make sure that if you should stumble and fall while you're investigating that somebody's there to help you. Um, and that's not necessarily because you're be investigating in the dark because, you know, I don't believe in, in uh, full darkness investigations. That, I think that's silly. I don't think it's necessary. Um, and I don't think it's safe. Um, as I said before, spirits have no idea if it's light or dark. They're always there if they're there. So um, it doesn't do anybody any good to investigate in full darkness, and it's not a good idea to do so. Um, also, um, when you do come in contact with negative energy, and believe me, when you do, you'll know it. Walk away from it. Do not poke the dragon. Do not harass it. Do not encourage it. Walk away from negative energy every single time. Do not go out of your way to um, investigate or encourage negative energy. Always walk away from it. And as I said, it's very rare. Only three times that I can recall in all the years, and I mean, I've been investigating over 60 years. All the years that I've been investigating, I've only encountered negative energy three times. So it's very rare to encounter it. And every time I have walked away from it. So um, it's the smart thing to do in any event. Okay, before we continue, I want to discuss um, a few um, definitions for you. Um, I want to discuss the difference between a sensitive and a medium. A sensitive is what I am. I am a sensitive and I am an empath. empath. Um, and uh, first of all, an empath is someone who can sense the, oh, let me see, how do I put this? It's someone who can sense the real the real feelings of another person or the real personality of another person just by being near them. In other words, I can sense how a person really is by just being near them for five minutes. In other words, I can tell if a person is sincere or not sincere by just being near them for five minutes. I know I should walk away from them or I should have them as a friend. Um, and people sense when someone is an empath because they tend to confide in them and people do confide in me on a regular basis. Um, and they know that they can do that. So, um, that is what an empath is. Um, a sensitive is someone who can sense paranormal activity in a room without the use of mechanical um, devices. I can sense paranormal activity without a K2 meter, without a ghost radar, without 
any other help from anything else, I can tell you if there's paranormal activity in the room. Um, I can tell you when I walk by a house, if it's haunted. And by haunted, I just simply mean if there's paranormal activity in the house. Um, haunting doesn't necessarily mean that there's bad energy in a house. Haunting, in my definition, just means that there's paranormal activity in the house. So um, that's all that means. Um, so that's what a sensitive is. A medium, on the other hand, is someone who can call a spirit to them and, and communicate with the spirit through a spirit guide. And a spirit guide is someone who has already passed on, who guides other people who have passed on to the medium. And mediums usually have to have a spirit guide in order to communicate with the dead. I cannot just call anyone who has died to me. I, When spirits want to communicate with me, they do so because they want to or because I happen to be where they are. But I can't call them to me. Like I can't call your mother to me when you ask me to. Um, uh, but a, a medium can with the use of their spirit guide. We have a medium on our my team, and she's very good at it. She uses a spirit guide, and um, she's done over well over 100 readings, and she's been very successful at it. But um, she uh, cannot necessarily see spirits while we're on an investigation, which I can do. Like when I told you about the investigation in Spencer, where I saw Indians on in the field behind one of the residential houses that we did an investigation for. Um, there was an Indian battle behind this house in Spencer, and um, there were a lot of Indian spirits in that house, and, and uh, we were trying to help the resident deal with those spirits. And um, when I was standing in their backyard, uh, someone under the deck pulled the back of my jeans and there was nobody under the deck. So um, that's what I mean. I could, I can sense spirits that are lingering where she necessarily can't do that, but she can bring spirits of someone who has passed through her spirit guide. So that's the difference between a sensitive and a medium. So um, we had both of those things during our investigations. Uh, so, and we had a couple sensitives in our, on our team. So that, that makes it easier when you're investigating, when you have some sensitives in the team, because it makes it easier to, to communicate with the spirits that are there. Now I want to discuss with you some of the items that you need for a paranormal investigation. You might think it would cost a lot of money to buy equipment. It really doesn't. Um, there are some basic items that you should have during a paranormal investigation, and I'm going to enumerate some of them for you but you will see that it's not really going to cost you that much money to prepare yourself for a paranormal investigation. 
The first thing you need, and that's a basic, is a camera. Um, you could use your cell phone camera for investigations, but I highly recommend that you get a normal camera for the investigations um, because the uh, normal camera has a, a has a flash with a sync of 160 160th of a second, and that is um, preferable to a uh, camera on a cell phone. So I really highly recommend that you use a normal camera when you're doing investigations rather than a cell phone camera. I And, and it's easier to um, take the photographs from a, a regular camera and put them on your computer and, um, and enlarge them so you can see if there's any um, paranormal activity in the photograph. Uh, so I highly recommend you use a normal camera for that. If you have one, if you don't, then, you know, use your cell phone, but I really highly recommend you use a normal camera, a small flashlight. You can get these at the dollar store. Uh, the ones that the front turns to turn them on and off. Um, those are the ones that are preferable to tell you the truth, because these flashlights are a way to communicate with the spirits. The spirits can actually turn those flashlights on and off um, as a way to communicate with you. And we did that when we were investigating the Farnham Manor, and that was in Richfield in, in Ohio. And uh, we were in the kitchen and uh, we asked the spirits questions and they turned the flash our flashlights on and off uh, using those small flashlights and answer to our questions. So it works. It really works. Um, and in the Farnham Manor, they chose to have it pitch black, which I would never have chosen to do that, but they chose to do it in that, in that instance. But um, they did use, we did use flashlights in the kitchen and it worked very well. Um, a small recording device. Now these can be picked up on Amazon for about $49, $50, under $50. You could get a small recording device and you can get it, put that on your, around your neck with a lanyard. And the, it's very important that you have a recording device so you can pick up EVPs and that's electronic voice phenomena. You would be amazed at how easy it is to pick up electronic voice phenomena, which is spirit voices. Um, I am amazed at how often we picked up spirit voices and some of them are really impressive. We did, when I was in California, we did a investigation at the Coloma Cemetery and we were discussing, uh, another um, member of the investigation and I were discussing a small tombstone that was near a tree. And right after we said those words, the recording picked up a little boy's voice saying in an accent, mama bought me a little one and it's there by the tree. And it was that clear. And um, we that EVP was so clear and so relevant that it ended up on a, a television program. So um, EVPs are something that you would really 
like to have when you're investigating and you can download um, any number of um, uh, apps on your on your laptop or your computer that will um, allow you to listen to these um, recordings and to save them for future reference. Um, okay, a video camera is also handy. You Again, you can use your cell phone, but I highly recommend if you can afford to have a video camera or if you have one to use a regular video camera. I have gotten shooting orbs in so many of our investigations. And um, I highly recommend that you go to my website again, www.authorchristineb.com and go to my social media page. And that has all the links to my social media. And one of them is for YouTube and go to that link and see some of the videos of our um, investigations and you'll see some shooting orbs in some of those and uh, they're very impressive because dust doesn't go that fast people <laughs> so uh take a look at some of those uh investigations and you'll see um what kind of uh, shooting orbs that we captured on some of those videos that they're very impressive and um I highly recommend you get a K2 meter or a Mel meter. And these meters pick up electromagnetic field energy, EMF. And um, EMFs are um, indication of paranormal activity in an area or a room. And um, this tells you when there's paranormal activity in the area. The K2 meter has lights that and a meter but it has lights that indicate from yellow to green to red the intensity of the uh, electromagnetic energy in a room and um when it goes to red you know that there's a lot of it and uh, when we were in gettysburg for instance um we had three k2 meters and all of them went to red as soon as we stepped on the battlefield and if you go to my orb page on my website, you will see some of the orbs that we captured in Gettysburg. They are amazing, amazing. We we had some amazing experiences in Gettysburg. Uh, that was any, if you're a sensitive and you go to Gettysburg, you will have a heart-rending experience in Gettysburg. I, I've never experienced anything like it, anything else like it. It was amazing. Okay, another thing that we used, believe it or not, is a free app called Ghost Radar. It, it sounds crazy, but this app, Ghost Radar, is actually a radar screen, and I highly recommend that you download the app on a tablet. You can also download it on a telephone, on a cell phone, but um, I highly recommend you do it on a tablet because the screen's larger. But... The Ghost Radar app is an app that tells you exactly the intensity and the location of EMF. So in other words, it'll say, it'll give you blips on a screen, a radar screen, and tell you exactly where the EMF is. 
So if you take a photograph in that direction, you're likely to get an orb in your photograph. And it also will announce random words. And uh, we found that nine times out of 10, those words meant something to what we were doing at the time. Sometimes they didn't mean anything, but nine times out of 10, they did. It was amazing. So this free app was something that we used on a regular basis and it, it was very beneficial to us during our investigation and it was amazing. Okay, um, also I recommend getting some copper dowsing rods. Now these can be purchased for under $20 on Amazon and they are exactly what they seem to be, they're copper dowsing rods. And they're held in, there are two rods that are held in each hand and they're used to communicate with spirits. And we have done this on YouTube. You'll see some of our investigations. One of our teammates was a teenager at the time. And um, she, we used her all the time because she was the best at it. And uh, she held the rods and we would ask questions and the rods would cross when a yes answer was indicated and they would not move at all when a no answer was indicated. So these dowsing rods we used just about on every investigation, especially in our residential investigations. And um, they were proved, proven to be very uh, beneficial to us during our investigation when we were asking questions of the entities that were there, that were present in our investigations. Another thing that is essential to uh, in paranormal investigation is lots and lots of batteries. Um, if you can purchase uh, rechargeable batteries, I highly recommend you get those and then bring a charger with you. Uh, the charger rechargeable batteries are the best because you can always recharge them while you're on an investigation. Paranormal energy draws battery power and they draw it to the nth degree. I'm telling you, it's very frustrating when you're on an investigation and you run out of batteries. It's crazy how much being on a paranormal investigation drains your batteries. It's, you never believe it. It's crazy. So um, you either have a very large supply of batteries with you or you have a battery charger and rechargeable batteries, which I highly recommend. And then naturally, um, you have to have a bag to put all this stuff in. And I highly recommend one of those soft-sided cooler bags that would keep your, um, your equipment cool when it's really hot out. And they have um, long, you know, handles that you can put around your neck. Um, and it's lightweight too, so it, it won't um, add to the weight of your equipment when you're carrying it around. Uh, so I highly recommend you use one of those soft-sided cooler bags as your bag for all your equipment. They're pretty large and you can get all this stuff in it because I, I, I did. Um, and uh, it's something that uh, is a good idea to use. Also, if... Um, more than one of you has, equi has equipment uh, on an investigation, you should make sure that everybody has their own equipment 
marked with their names. That way, if um, you put the equipment down during the investigation, when you go to gather everything up at the end of an investigation, it will be easier to find your own equipment at the end. So uh, that's about it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.